here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, twilight of week seven, going into week eight, right? Uh, it's going fast. Gosh, November's around the corner. Halloween's throwing up all over everybody's yards right now. And, and you know, the, the onset of the fall is, is here in full force. And with that, obviously, fantasy football is in high gear. That's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to talk about who to, who to pick up and who got hurt and who we like uh, on a week to week basis with our starts and sits. And, and it's been, uh, it's been a bumpy ride. I'll I'll be honest. I have been pretty bad on most of my takes except for a couple guys, but uh, you know, my teams show that and some of it is not my fault and some of it is totally my fault. Um, At the same time, uh, I will stick to my guns and, and just, you know, die on whatever hill I, I I started on there, but uh, I, I just hanging in, hanging tough. Pat, how are you making out so far? We're kind of near, we're nearing the halfway point uh, so far in the NFL season, let alone uh, for a lot of us, we are at that halfway point of, uh, of fantasy football. How are you making out so far? Good. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling in, in a few leagues and doing well in a couple others. So I think that's to be expected, I guess. I'm not the type of person who, while I do trust my calls and my, my gut, my instinct, and my numbers. Uh, I, I also like to diversify a little bit when it comes to, you know, who I have on my different fantasy teams because you know you don't want, and you know, a couple of injuries to some of your key players to derail your entire season. Uh, I've actually, you know, kind of had that happen because I was so high on Trey Lance this year and drafted him in a lot of places, and uh, and that injury kind of kind of hurt me in in quite a few leagues. But uh, in the leagues that I didn't have him or the leagues that I was able to pick up some some capable replacements, uh, I'm still doing pretty well. I think the league that I'm doing the worst in, strangely enough, is the one I want to do the, the best in, which is our league of record. I think we're I'm right both, there with uh, you, buddy. We're Don't like worry. 11th and 12th. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be you get the, you get the pink shirt for this year. <laughs> I think after this week, I'll be I'll be ahead of you if 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 I can hold on uh, to this this disgusting narrow victory that uh, I'm clinging on to right now, but uh, it's, yeah, it's some, some are, have been pretty ugly. I think I am undefeated in one of my leagues and winless in one. So, and then everything else is sort of somewhere in between. I'm, I'm doing okay. It's, it's, you know, halfway through roughly the regular season uh, is where we're at now, I guess now at the end of week seven. So, uh, you know, you kind of have an idea of where your team is, you know, maybe where you want it to be. And, how to get it to that spot. And that's what we're going to kind of help you out with today. Normally we do our injuries and our, and then our waiver wire updates. But uh, this week we're going to, we're going to do injuries and then we're going to hit you with some players that you can look for to pick up. And, and hopefully, you know, if you're in the the midst of a playoff run, uh, some guys that could help you get there and some guys that maybe are clogging up your bench that you could, um, you know, get rid of or trade away to, to maybe pick up some of these players. So Hopefully, you know, if you're if you're looking to get, like I said, get into the playoffs and and do well in the playoffs, we, we did a little bit of research today to help you kind of just give you an idea of a couple of players that you uh, maybe should be looking at for the long haul. So we're going to get into that before we start and give you our our uh, where you can find us. 
Uh, we have a website. We are at www.thenineroutefffb.com. You can also reach us at that email address, thenineroutefffb at gmail.com. We are also both on Twitter. I am at thenineroute1. Scott is at Scott from Delco. So you can follow us on Twitter to answer pretty much every Twitter question that we get. So if you have any questions or, uh, you know, start sick questions or, you know, should I trade this guy or whatever, shoot it to us and we will definitely get back to you with a, uh, you know, with, I try to always get back to people with an answer and an explanation of why I feel the way that I feel. I feel like you, it's very easy to just say, you know, oh, pick up this player and drop this player. But if you don't give somebody your thought process behind it, I mean, what's really the point? You know what I mean? If, if you don't, I'm one of those people who I need to know why I'm doing what I'm doing for it to make sense. And if I agree with, you know, that train of thought, then, you know, I'll make that move. If I feel like, Hey, maybe this person who's given me advice is overlooking this key part of whatever advice they're giving me, you know, maybe I will, uh, will go uh, in an opposite direction. But so we always try to give you a, a like I said, a, a, a take and a, and a reason why, uh, we feel the way that we feel. So, uh, like I said, look us up and, and hit us up on socials if you have any questions. All right, man. We got a lot of news to get to today, and I think this trade stuff is probably going to take a little bit more time than we're used to. So, let's. Was there, uh, you wanna... there was a trade? <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know. Um, Must have yeah. been a nobody. I uh, yeah. I've I've actually I've never heard the name really mentioned but a guy played for the panthers so you know well, oh well, that's uh, why i never heard of him because they're terrible yeah yeah but uh yeah so let's jump into let's just jump right into that time for the news so obviously the big news this past week was the christian mccaffrey trade he was traded from the carolina panthers to the san francisco 49ers in return the panthers got a second third and fourth round pick in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2024. Uh, Panthers said they were looking for a first rounder for, for McCaffrey if they were going to trade him. San Francisco did not have a first rounder because of the Trey Lance deal that they traded their first round pick uh, in 2023 away already. So they were like, well, how about we give you, I think they pulled a Rudy deal here. They're like, we'll give you a, a second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, instead of a first. And and Carolina, you know, I guess decided that the value was worth it. And uh and made the trade. So um, I know normally we kind of run through these a little bit, but I, I think for a second we need to talk about what this means for McCaffrey, um, maybe what it means for you know the, the Panthers running backs as well. So uh, do you, what do you think, Scott? Do you feel like this is a good thing for McCaffrey? you think he's in a better situation, or do you think he was better off being kind of the, the man in Carolina? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... In a sense, you know, when you when you kind of pull back a little bit, yeah, obviously he signs a big contract. He has a, he has a monster season, and then it's been injuries and stuff like that that have really kind of derailed him a little bit. And to see him come back to be kind of like himself a little bit, um, you know, is definitely there. And I'm I'm sure that the usage was dialed back. And and Carolina just a bad team this year. We, coach is gone. Or they're flipping over, and they made this deal to go to San Francisco to go back out to. Again, he played college football at Stanford. His father and his coach, his father, uh, know each other. Like, there's a lot going on there that that I think probably is going to make him feel very comfortable. And to be able to walk into a team like the San Francisco 49ers that are 
you know, they're they're one of the better ones in the NFL. I, I you know, they took it on the nose yesterday in, in a sense with the Chiefs, and they've had a they've had a tough schedule, and they've had their own they've had their own injuries, but you know, a lot of people still had them picked to be one of the top teams in the conference, even though. You know, that, that division's a mess. You know, four and three Seahawks, three and three Rams, three and four, and, and San Francisco's tie with the Cardinals right now. Defensively, they were banged up. Their offensive line is way better. Uh, you know, the quarterback is still a question mark, and, and they have things going on there. I think it's going to take a minute to get him incorporated properly into the offense. He did a little bit of work yesterday, and he's so multifaceted out of the backfield as a receiver as well that it's going to – Make them a, a, a better football team. I do think it's a great fit. And I think, again, this season's probably going to be a little bit of an asterisk because of, again, it's midseason. It's not the real quarterback that they want in Trey Lance. He's already out with an injury. He's done for the season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. And, again, yes, San Francisco not having now a first-rounder, uh, second-rounder, third-rounder, fourth-rounder at least on paper, is something that is going to have an effect definitely for down the road. I, I feel like that that's, you know, they're kind of pushing all in for this season. As far as if they can get to that hump, who knows? Uh, I mean, who really knows? Like the the way the NFL season has been going. So, I mean, again, yeah, just taking a look at the Niners for what they have left. Uh, they have two third round comp picks in 23, a fifth, a seventh, and a seventh from Denver. Uh, and that's possibly, you know, maybe one or two others shake out there or something, uh, you know, with free agency. So, yeah, they're they're all in. And, and I mean, McCaffrey, I think, you know, he's obviously got a little length in that deal. But from a fantasy perspective, I think with the way they use their running backs, we know that you can get some usage out of those guys. Some of them have been, you know, weak winners. Some of them have been top 25 guys, you know, Elijah Mitchell, you know, they Trey Sermon, they already moved off of him. Maybe they get a little more consistent with the running game because of a back like this or his usage goes up. It still remains to be seen. But, uh, I mean, for him to not finish still as a top 10 running back, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I think uh, I think San Francisco believes that their window is, you know, this year, possibly next year, mm -hmm. which some of your early round draft picks will play and, and contribute. But, you know, a lot of times these these third, fourth, fifth round guys, they, they don't get in right away and they don't, you know, make a major contribution right away. And that, you know, that's not always the case, but that's, that's generally the case. So I think San Francisco feels like with the offense being now a little bit more dynamic with McCaffrey, with their defense being, you know, one of the best defenses in the league still, um, as long as, you know, Nick Bosa can get and stay healthy. I think the 49ers defense is definitely top three in the entire league. I feel like Kyle Shanahan and, John Lynch, the 49ers general manager, feel like this is our opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Let's let's go out and do it. And if we have to mortgage the future to do that, then so be it. And and I mean, you know, from fantasy football, that's not necessarily a bad approach. You know what I mean? If you if you have an opportunity to win a championship, now I said the Niners are under 500, but in a winnable division, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much you know the NFL has always been make it to the dance and. Just hope you're playing good football at that time. And I think San Francisco still believes they have a, a likely chance to make the playoffs. And once they get in the playoffs, like they did last year, they surprised, you know, a couple teams. They surprised the Packers in Green Bay. Um, you know, so I think they absolutely have an opportunity to win a, a Super Bowl title this year. I mean, it's it's not out of the question completely. And then they're going to have Trey Lance coming back next year. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but if – you know, for whatever reason, Lance ends up being, you know, the quarterback that they think he is, 
you know, they may have a chance to go back to back, you know, again, assuming health and, and all that stuff. I mean, they, they definitely have the talent on both sides of the ball to do it. So uh, I, I think it was a good move for them. Uh, real quick, we'll talk about the impact it has on the Carolina Panthers run game. Uh, as we saw this this past week, uh, looks like Deontay Foreman, who, you know, I, I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity to, you know, finally be a, a lead back. I mean, I don't know for how long, and, and it's definitely not for a good team, but he's a guy who was super talented and unfortunately had that Achilles injury that, that derailed his career, but he got back to it, finished Sunday's game against the Bucks with 15 carries for 118 yards and added two receptions on two targets for another 27 yards. Yeah. Uh, had an outstanding game. Chuba Hubbard came in and, and got the, the rushing touchdown, but, uh, but Foreman looked really good. Uh, averaged almost eight yards per carry in that game against a really good Bucks defense. Now the Bucks, you know, look like total crap in that game, offensively and defensively. But it's good to see Foreman getting some work, and I think that you know, moving forward, both Foreman and Hubbard could potentially be guys that you can start in your flex moving forward. It it, it depends. I, I want to see how Carolina plays moving forward. Uh, you know, one good game is can sometimes be, you know, sort of an aberration. But you know, you string together a couple of decent games, or at least a couple of good offensive performances for for what we do here in fantasy football and i think that you know those guys could potentially be uh you know startable assets on your fantasy team yeah no i i kind of agree with that I, I think that you know foreman was brought in to be a, a stronger backup to mccaffrey in, in the event of an injury and, and things of that nature and yeah to see him he looked great on my bench yesterday uh <laughs> I, you know obviously uh you know wasn't in a hurry to start him against tampa bay one of the best d's against the run on fantasy football and in real life and you know, obviously that game just totally went opposite of everything i'm sure uh you know different different people that had them in parlays and stuff like that if you're a vet and just just enjoyed it but yeah to see i think he'll probably be that guy given that opportunity i mean he had a nice Nice season last year, um, you know, with the Tennessee Titans obviously coming in when, when Derrick Henry went down and looked to be, like you said, uh, you know, the running back of old where he showed a lot of promise with the Houston Texans and, you know, with a bad injury and it took a long time for him to get back and to see him now maybe get a chance to flourish a little bit for a team that is in a spot where, yeah, maybe they're just going to sit there and kind of just bounce these guys around and see what happens. They're not worried about winning at all, but if they're just going to dedicate themselves to the run – allow, you know, PJ Walker to stand back. They already said he's going to remain the starter regardless of who gets back from injury and and just kind of ride that team and, and just see what they have, you know, to evaluate. I think at this point that's what they have to do. Maybe using a top three, four pick on a quarterback, which is probably the most likely concept for them, depending on where it shakes out and who's there with them. Yeah, then maybe they don't have to hurry out and get a running back for the sake of a season or two. Maybe these guys as a tandem can can play well together and and they can build off of that. But it was nice to see. And and again, moving forward, yeah, he definitely looks to be startable. Like you said, flex solid, maybe an RB2, especially with the bye weeks. Another injury, or I guess our first injury that we're going to talk about, Matt Ryan, he was injured uh, at the end of that game. Appears that he was okay and, and could play, but apparently is not going to anymore. It looks like I uh, saw a report today that uh, head coach Frank Reich is going to bench Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger. Not really sure what the thought process is there. I know that the Colts are not having a great season so far this year, but I mean, 
they're 500. They're basically a half a game out in the division. And I mean, Matt Ryan's not playing great, but Carson Wentz was there last year. They had him for a season. He almost got them to the playoffs if it wasn't for that terrible game uh, against the Jags in Week 18. And then they just they just shoo him off to the side, and no, you're you're not good enough. You go away now, Matt Ryan. You know, a, a very accomplished quarterback in the NFL gets seven games before they bench him. Like I just I don't understand. I don't understand the the rationale behind benching a quarterback who's a half game out in the division when obviously quarterback is not your only issue. Like I just, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's baffling to me. I don't think it's the right move. And I, I mean, I guess we're going to, we're going to see where we go from here, but uh, I just don't know. Why would you trade for a guy and then give him seven games where he's not, he doesn't even have a losing record. Like I, I just, it, I'm, I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. I don't know if there's some pressure being put on. If Frank Reich is just, you know, feels like he needs to win games now or he's going to lose his job. I'm not really sure what it is, but uh, it is for for me personally, I, I think it's a terrible, terrible decision. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. We didn't get a chance to talk about this before we got on, but um, just mind blown right now for me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, and again, I'm, I know we try to stay on one side of this, but I, I do feel like jumping into, yeah, uh, the Indianapolis Colts suck. I'm, I'm sorry. There is nothing <laughs> wrong. Uh, franchise wise, it's the owner who likes to show his ring to Peyton Manning, got him in all his cool pictures, wants to sit there and act like he like helps to run the league and you have no clue what you're doing. You're running your team into the ground. You've never taken care of a quarterback. You ruined Andrew Luck's career. Yeah, you got Carson Wentz. You didn't like the guy, so you got rid of him. And thanks for that draft pick, by the way, as an Eagles fan. Big crease on that. <laughs> Bum. And then, yeah, you bring in Matt Ryan, so you make another you know, you, you make another move to bring in a veteran quarterback. And, yes, you give the guy exactly that. You give the guy seven games. Your team's 3-3-1. Three, three and one. You know, you, you still have a shot at the playoffs. You have a shot at your own division, all that stuff. I, I, it's just – it's insanity. It, it really is. I mean, right now, the way it sits – you're already kind of middle of the pack. You'd really have to lose a lot to tank to get yourself back in maybe the top 10 to get a draft pick. What are you going to do? You're going to try to draft a quarterback or are you going to make another deal? Like they're, they're just the most, one of the most rudderless organizations in football and it's year after year. And, and yeah, last year, yeah, the bad game was the fact that you had a running back who when he averaged 20 carries a game had over a hundred yards and you won almost every time and you didn't give him up 20 carries in a game that meant the playoffs. I think Frank Reich is a little bit overmatched, but again, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure coming from upstairs from that bum of an owner that they have down there that thinks he's that guy. And I'm sorry, but again, you ruined Andrew Luck's entire career. You could have had, you guys still be playing for you. God knows you might've even had a shot at, at another Super Bowl. But, you know, that's one thing aside. And then to watch this happen. Now you're going to bring Sam Erlinger in there to what? To see what he's got. Maybe the kid comes in and plays really well because he's a fresh arm. I get it. You've had a couple guys that are long in the tooth. But it's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen. I agree 100%. And, again, I, you know, they want to get Daniel Snyder out of, out of Washington for a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I get that. Yeah, maybe you should get rid of, like, a bad owner like this that just doesn't care. He's just going to keep showing that. Hey, look at my one ring. Yeah, the, arguably the greatest quarterback in football. I know Tom Brady's got them all. But when you say overall quarterback, he's right up there with him. Peyton Manning gets you that ring. Oh, and by the way, the next year he went back, he could have had back-to-back. You didn't put a good team together. You suck. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny that you say that you made the Daniel Snyder comment too, because I I, I saw that at the uh, the uh, the fall whatever it is the owners conference or whatever. Jim Irsay was the one sort yep. of pushing to to hey maybe we need to get to get Daniel Snyder removed from from the league. So yeah, I I, I agree. I don't think he's uh, a very good owner. I think you know there are definitely guys him Jerry Jones. You know, Al Davis, when he was still alive, you know, guys who just listen, man, your job is just to make money. Like, I understand that you like you feel like because it's your team, you have some sort of say and you do. But good leaders delegate to people who know what they're doing and let them go to work. These owners who overstep their their place, I don't want to say place because it is their place. It's their team. But, but if you have a general manager, right, exactly. Yeah, if you have a general ridiculous. manager and a head coach, let them do their job. Like just let them do whatever it is that they're going to do. And I'm not saying I don't know that this call was made, you know, by Jim Irsay. I don't know. This might be Frank Reich's call. It may be something that they came up with together. I don't know. But uh, it's just I, I do understand what you're saying with the whole, you know, Jim Irsay thing. Like he, he definitely is one of those guys that, you know, how many? I don't know all the owners in the league, you know, and I'm a really, really big football fan, and I couldn't pick, you know, every single owner out, you know, in a lineup if you showed them, you know, showed me their face. Jim Irsay, I could. Jerry Jones, I could, because these guys just they have to make it about them when it should be about the team, and you know that's one of the things that you know they want players to not do. They don't want it to make it about them. It should be about the team. These owners need to take some of their own. Uh, their own advice there and and back off and, and let their head coach and let their their general managers do what it is that they are paying them to do. Well, and yeah, the GM, Chris Ballard, that's been there since 2017, like they've done nothing. I mean, they've had what, two seasons where they've been uh, 10 wins, 11 wins. They were nine and eight in 2021. And again, that, you know, they blew, blew a shot at the playoffs. They just, they stink. And yes, it's because of that. Like as Eagles fans, we don't mind Jerry getting involved and, and stuff like that. You know, we'd like to see that. We always joke that, that it helps, but I, I just, yeah, it, it, were, were his stats this season amazing? No, not by any stretch, but he's got nine touchdowns, nine picks. He's throwing 3% of his passes or picks. I get it. Maybe it's the talent around him. Maybe it's the fact that his pocket collapses and he has trouble getting the reads out. It's his first year with a playbook. He's got the th- what one, two, three, four, fourth most yards in in the league right now. So obviously the guy's passing, and obviously yes, he's you know he's not your Matty Ice, and he's on a new team. Like yeah, you got to give the guy more than than seven games. And if he helps you tank to get a new quarterback, great. You know it is what it is. But yeah, they they did him dirty. I mean now he's going to be third string. Like come on, that, that's just that's ridiculous, man. We'll move past this. We don't want to spend. We're spending too much time on this already. Oh yeah, Let's, we could do a whole show on this. Yeah, <laughs> we probably could, and, and I think it's probably a bad idea. So uh, let's move on. Uh, another quarterback injury. Ryan Tannehill came out basically just for a play in that game. Uh, ended up going back into the game. is is technically listed as questionable for next week now, but I think he'll be fine. No big deal there. Really bad news here. The Jets lost Brees Hall, their star rookie running back. Torn ACL out for the season. I mean, it's just a shame because Brees Hall was, he was absolutely killing it. And, uh, you know, I think had a pretty good shot at rookie of the year. I mean, definitely offensive rookie of the year. So, you know, really just having a great season. And and it sucks that he's gone for the season. Jets also lost uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, their uh, first round pick from, was it last year? He was a mm-hmm. first round pick. He's also going to be out for the season. And, uh, Corey Davis has a sprained ACL, uh, excuse me, uh, MCL 
which may cause him to miss a week or two. Um, usually the MCL sprains aren't too bad. It's, you just need to rest those. Uh, another guy that, you know, very scary injury uh, for a lot of fans and obviously owners, DK Metcalf, uh, you know, looked like it could have been something very serious uh, with the knee, the leg, uh, the way everything looked there was was pretty grim. But uh, right now, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, possible patella tendon strain. So no structural damage, all the good news that you would hope for. Obviously, they're you know going to make sure everything's good with tests. Two to five week window seems to be it right now. Um, and obviously, they may not be in a big hurry to rush them back. Right now, they're sitting in a reasonable spot. They're actually <laughs> leading their division by a game. Marquise Goodwin on the waiver wire is probably pretty available. He had two touchdowns in week seven and has been, you know, one of those players in the past that can be a little streaky, can help you out. Uh, missed all of uh, 2020 with COVID uh, as a member of the Eagles and then went out and, and has just been kind of journeying around with the Bears. But he might be a pickup for you uh, going into going into week eight, just a bench stash at this point. But if he's going to miss time, DK Metcalf, definitely something to watch. And, and that may have an effect on Tyler Lockett as well. Uh, another possible two to five week injury. David Njoku went out with a high ankle sprain in the game against the Ravens on Sunday. Still waiting on further tests to see how long it's going to be before Njoku can get back out there. Unfortunately, with these high ankle sprains, like we talked about before, they do tend to linger a little bit. And Njoku is one of those really athletic tight ends. He's that's that's basically you know why he got paid what he did and and you know why he's been producing the way he has is because he's. He's definitely, you know, a better athlete than most of the guys that he's playing against, especially the, you know, you put a linebacker on him, they're not fast enough. You put a cornerback or a safety on him, they're not big enough. So, uh, you know, big loss for the Cleveland Browns. They uh, they have Jacoby Brissett has been relying on him a lot so far this year. So uh, hopefully he can he comes back sooner than later. I believe the Browns are on by week nine. Um, so again, if it's a short injury, he could possibly be back week 10, but, uh, you know, definitely somebody to keep an eye on because he's been, he's been a top 10 tight end so far this year in fantasy. Yes. Uh, another, another injury on a team that is having a lot of trouble with injuries right now is, uh, the Los Angeles chargers, uh, Mike Williams, high ankle sprain. There it is again. This doesn't maybe look good right now for their situation. They're a game out in the AFC West. You, you see that Mike Williams may be missing some time. They they don't have anything yet. They'll probably come out in a day or two by Wednesday for sure. Uh, Keenan Allen was only able to play about a half. Josh Palmer was out. Uh, you know, Jalen Guyton's already on IR. Uh, so it's like DeAndre Carter that had a nice week one. And, and I mean, right now, it, to me, it seems like there's a pretty good shot that if anybody wants to do one of those midseason trades to try to pick up a wide receiver, uh, a Brandon Cooks' name was floated out there. Elijah Moore unhappy in New York with the Jets. But again, he may come into play now with the Corey Davis injury. Odell Beckham still out there as a free agent. I mean, there's a lot of things in play. Not saying that that's even been whispered at yet. We'll see what happens. Having Austin Eckler in that team does give you a little bit of a pass-catching dynamic, but that just probably puts more of the focus on him. Uh, as the guy to stop if all these other wide receivers are out. So uh, definitely not looking good. Uh, we'll see what kind of news shakes out this week with the Chargers. Maybe some people get a little healthier than we thought. Uh, but if Mike Williams is going to miss some time, that really does put a, a dent in a team that's just been banged up, Justin Herbert from week one, uh, and so on and so forth. So it remains to be seen. But Mike Williams currently out with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, they luckily have a, a bye this week. So hopefully that will give them a chance to – you know, heal up a little bit and, and get some of these guys back uh, out there full speed. 
uh, Daniel Bellinger went out of the Giants game this week, got uh, got poked in the eye and, and actually uh, ended up with a fractured orbital socket. Anybody who's ever had that, I, I've, I've never had one, but uh, I had a friend who did have one when I was younger, and uh, that is not a fun-looking injury to have. Definitely not going to be able to catch any balls for the for the foreseeable future. They're hoping that he will return this season, but there's no guarantee on that. I, I can guarantee that the guy will probably have a visor on his helmet uh, moving forward for the rest of his career after that. But uh, yeah. unfortunate too, because he was really like, you know, we talked about him last week. He was one of the guys who, uh, you know, I, I said was starting to become a bigger part of that offense. And, you know, he had another fairly decent game before he got injured today, uh, yesterday, excuse me. Just unfortunate that, that injuries have to happen, but that's just the way football goes. You know, it's a, it's a brutal sport. Yeah, no, definitely uh, not good to see. Another uh, another injury to uh, a prominent wide receiver that was just getting back uh, after being a little banged up and after a bye week, Amon Ra St. Brown. At first, everybody automatically had him pegged for a concussion. Uh, supposedly did not suffer a true concussion, but based on the new protocols, uh, with some extremity issues and the head being foggy, they didn't hesitate to keep him out of the Dallas game. And it looks like he's still a go. He's been cleared under the new protocols and they have him ready to start week eight against the Dolphins. So it sounds like you're okay if you're an Amon Ross St. Brown owner. I know a lot of people held their breath, but that is one bit of good news when it comes to the injuries that we've talked about this week. Uh, and then there's one more to speak of Mike Boone, who had been a little bit of a you know, a, a stash where a lot of people were hoping for the best for him with the Denver Broncos with that crazy backfield that they have. Um, he ended up with an ankle injury uh, automatically put on IR, so it's not looking good for him. Uh, I would say he's probably droppable or maybe worth a slot, but with that backfield being the way it is. Uh, for a lot of people, Latavius Murray had already been a pickup. He may still be available if you're looking to pad those stats and make sure you have a, a handcuff, let alone with the way the usage goes there. Marlon Mack was signed off of the 49ers practice squad as a veteran fill and That guy has been on like every team in the league this year, I think, uh, Marlon Mack. But he is now a member of the Denver Broncos. So I think it's still the Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray split. Probably try to work Marlon Mack a little bit into the offense, maybe just to help spell these guys so that there's no more injuries. But Mike Boone on IR, probably droppable in your league. Yeah, with that Amon Ross and Brown thing, that's, a, that's what we were talking about was it last week or the week before with the ataxia thing where that's uh you know basically any fogginess or or you know dizziness or anything like that any basically anything that looks like it could be a concussion they're being extra careful with now and and like i said i did mention that this is going to be a thing now in fantasy football at least for for the rest of this season maybe moving forward so this just a, it's an unfortunate thing it, it's it's going to cost, without doubt, it's going to cost people a chance to, to win their fantasy leagues. Guys and getting hurt right before, right in the playoffs. Uh, it, it's it's going to suck uh, for a lot of people. That's unfortunately just where it is. Like I said, player player health and safety is is more important than, than fantasy football stats for sure. So, um, But it doesn't mean that it isn't frustrating for us uh, fantasy football players. All right. Well, that uh, that's the news and the injuries for Week 7. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into a few trade targets uh, moving forward. Some guys that you can trade for, maybe some guys that you could potentially trade away. And uh, what we're going to do, how we're going to do this is I'm going to give you sort of a redraft look, uh, more of a, a season long, you know, guys that I would like to trade for or am actively trading for 
or think I should trade for or think you should trade for. And then some guys that uh, you, you probably should be trading away at this point. And then Scott's going to give you some longer terms, the dynasty keeper league, stuff like that. So if you're in any of those leagues, that's more of Scott's area of expertise is the, the long game. So he's going to give you uh, some guys that you could be looking to pick up for your, your dynasty teams or your keeper teams and stuff like that. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and kick this off. At the quarterback position, there's a few guys that I am interested in potentially trading for. Uh, one of them is Tom Brady. He's he's really down right now as far as you know fantasy points. The not the Bucks are not playing very well, but uh, Brady's third in the league in pass attempts with 297. And I mean, he's Tom Brady. He's one of the greatest of all times. I'm sure he's going to figure it out. Not going to finish probably in the top five like we had him in our you know some people had him in their preseason rankings but i don't think he's you know necessarily the quarterback 14 or, or wherever it is that he's ranked right now i think his numbers are going to continue to come up for the rest of the season but the guy i'm really looking to target for uh, a playoff run is if you can get your hands on him is justin herbert uh through seven weeks so far herbert's the qb8 in total fantasy points and points per game but he's the qb number one in attempts he's got 308 passing attempts and uh, number one in attempts per game at 44 among quarterbacks with at least four starts. The Chargers are also third in offensive plays per game. They run just under 70 plays per game. You know, but between his own rib injury and the injuries to Keenan Allen, who missed five games so far this season, and now Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Herbert hasn't had his full complement of weapons since week one, basically. Uh, assuming the Mike Williams injury isn't too severe and assuming that Allen Keenan Allen can stay healthy for the rest of the season, which I know those are pretty big ifs with the chargers pace of play and the amount of times that they throw the ball, Herbert will almost definitely improve upon his overall ranking and his points per game as the season progresses. Not to mention that the chargers still have to compete with the high powered AFC West teams, which you know, we all expected the Broncos offense to be, you know, something that people were going to have to keep up with. Turns out that that's not the case, but they do still have the Chiefs and the Raiders in that division that they're going to have to play against and uh, are probably going to have to score some points to win those games. They also have a few other potential shootouts left on the season uh, against teams like Arizona and Miami. And the best part about their schedule is if you're in a league that doesn't play in week 18, which most leagues don't have a, a week 18 championship. That's the week that the Chargers get Denver uh, again. And Denver's a team that held Herbert to his lowest point total of the year. So you don't have to worry about facing the Broncos defense in the playoffs, which uh, in that division to not have to face that specific team or only have to face that team once in a season in your fantasy season uh, is, is a win. So if you can get your hands on Justin Herbert, he's definitely worth going after. I think he's going to continue to just light it up as as him and the rest of the team get a little bit more healthy uh, at the running back position there's a couple guys i like moving forward this year uh, one is travis etn as you know anybody who's watching football can see that etn has become more and more uh, involved in the offense and and has sort of taken over the rb1 role from james robinson almost completely at this point i think robinson had one touch in that game yesterday so travis etn a lot of explosive plays, uh, definitely a guy if you, you can get your hands on, do so. I think he's going to be a little bit tough to trade for because of all the hype preseason and he's finally living up to it. But a guy that you might be able to get your hands on who 
didn't have a lot of hype, who wasn't going very high in drafts, but has become the number one running back on his team is Raheem Mostert. You should definitely trade for both of them, but I'm going to talk about Mostert here. Since taking over the larger share of the backfield work in week two, Mostert has only had one dud game, and that was week three versus the Bills. He scored at least 10 PPR points in every other game, uh, again, besides week three and week one. And he's rushed, he's outrushed uh, Chase Edmonds 82 to 26 in the rush attempts column since week two. And he's outscored him in fantasy points and PPR points 68 to 38. So Mostert is definitely the number one running back in Miami, and he should continue to be moving forward. The reason I chose to talk about Mostert here instead of ETN is because I think that you can still get him at a fairly reasonable price. He's producing as well as a lot of some of the big name guys like Zeke and Dalvin Cook, but he doesn't have the the huge price tag attached to his name. So I think owners who have Raheem Mostert will be a little bit more likely to trade him to you if you can sort of give them maybe a, a bigger name player who... Uh, maybe isn't living up to the hype. Who maybe we'll get to uh, in a little bit uh, when we get to the the tradeaways. Uh, a couple guys I like as far as wide receivers: uh, DJ Moore, who had a his first really good game this week against the Bucks. Uh, I think with that new regime change and a new quarterback and just a new feel in the locker room, mixed with the fact that DJ Moore is pretty much the only really good skill player left on the team. He could and should see an increase in targets and um, should basically be the the team's number one option on every play now that McCaffrey's gone. Terry McLaurin is a guy that I'm looking to pick up. For whatever reason, Carson Wentz did not target Terry McLaurin nearly as much this year or as much as, as Taylor Heineke did last year. But now Carson Wentz is gone and Taylor Heineke is back in there. So we saw Terry McLaurin come up big in that game against the Packers this weekend. I think with Heineke back at quarterback, I think McLaurin becomes the number one wide receiver in this offense again. And if you can get a hold of him now before other owners realize what's going on, realize that that he's you know probably going to uh, usurp Curtis Samuel moving forward, I think it's a, a good opportunity to go ahead and get your hands on a, a number one receiver. But the guy I really want to talk about and the guy I really think you should go out and trade for is Juju Smith-Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs. If your league is anything like the ones that I play in, trading players for future draft picks is like the in thing to do at this point in the season. So if you're in a keeper league, if you're in a dynasty league or anything like that, uh, one where you can you can get away with trading some draft picks, give up give up a couple for for Juju Smith Schuster. Unfortunately, I've had to sell off in in some leagues and and you know get some draft picks for some players, but. If you're looking for a trade that you could pull off like straight up in like a normal redraft league, I think you can go after Juju Smith-Schuster. He finally looks like he's become the number one wide receiver in Kansas City. There's going to be some involvement from the other wide receivers on this team, uh, as we saw obviously in week seven with McCole Hardman's three touchdowns. Smith-Schuster leads the wide receiver room in targets with 48, receptions with 34, and yards with 494. It seems as though he and Patrick Mahomes have finally started to figure each other out. And the fact that he has Kelsey there as the de facto number one kind of puts him in that same role that he flourished in when he was in Pittsburgh behind Antonio Brown. And I think that's where Juju Smith-Schuster's sweet spot is. I think when he has to be the number one target, I think it's too much pressure. I think he ends up you know, getting the, the, team, the other team's number one cornerback and you know he's just i just don't think he's good enough to 
to be successful in that specific role. But I think if uh, if he's there as an ancillary piece, he does well. I mean, that's if you look at it, the first two years of his career when he was in Pittsburgh, he was a monster. I mean, a lot of uh, you know a lot of dynasty guys had him as their wide receiver one coming out of his second season. So I do think he's talented. I just think he needs the right situation, and I think he's starting to become comfortable in the situation that he's in there in Kansas City. And at tight end, some guys that you can pick up, uh, Pat Fryermuth. He's just getting a lot more usage with Kenny Pickett there. You know, that's a kind of a common thing. Generally, new quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, tend to look at the tight end position because it's right in front of them. It's over the middle of the field. The throws are a little bit shorter, a little bit crisper. The target is a little bit bigger. So I think Pat Fryermuth moving forward is going to be one of Kenny Pickett's favorite targets. You could also pick up Dalton Schultz, uh, assuming that he can get healthy from you know this knee injury that seems to be bothering him. When Dak is quarterback for the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz gets targets. Dak Prescott trusts him; he looks for him. Schultz is never going to be the you know the super athletic Travis Kelsey type, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who gets targets as long as Dak Prescott is the quarterback. But the guy that I really want to talk about, and I know that we just talked about him in the injury segment, but I still think that he's a good trade candidate. And I think the fact that he's injured means that you could probably get him for even less now. You may even be able to pick him up off the waiver wire if somebody drops him. Is David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns. Again, not a big name guy. So if you're in a redraft league, it's not like you're going to have to give up you know, a, a ton to get him. Again, if you even have to give up anything at this point, but his 42 targets is sixth the tight end position, and he's third in receiving yards amongst all tight ends with 418. The only thing Njoku hasn't been doing is scoring touchdowns, but once he gets back, Deshaun Watson should also be coming back. And uh, anybody who remembers the Texans' uh, offense two years ago when Deshaun Watson was the quarterback there, he loved looking for the tight end in the red zone. So I think, you know, again, if, if Watson comes back, I believe it's week 13. Yeah, week 13 against Houston, he'll be back. Uh, if Njoku is in the lineup at that point in time, uh, I think, you know, he's a, he's a great tight end that you can just put in your lineup, start every single week, and let him just sort of be uh, your starting tight end through the playoffs. And, and I think, you, you know, you're going to have – you're definitely going to have one of the top tight ends in the playoffs because the only guys that I'm sure that are going to be better than him are basically Andrews and Kelsey. But other than that, I think he's got a chance to be the, the tight end three amongst that group for the last you know three, four, five weeks of the season. All right, so that's my trade four segment. I'm going to turn it over to Scott here. He's going to have some... Uh, like I said, a little bit longer outlook. So some dynasty guys, some, uh, you know, if you're playing keeper leagues where you can hold on to these guys for, you know, a couple years or, or what have you, Scott's going to give you some guys that you can look at picking up now and, uh, and holding on to hopefully into the, into the future. All right, folks. So yeah, uh, this isn't going to be anything like, uh, again, a trade away concept. It's really just going to be acquiring some assets, I'm going to give you three names at, at the top positions in, in a sense that are younger players, rookies, uh, one guy who's maybe not a rookie anymore, but that you might be able to get in a buy low concept or as a throw in because that guy that's, you know, maybe dominating their league that wants to really push forward and, and get to that point. Now, if you're a top dog in your league too, you got to look at it this way. If you're a, in a 10 to 12 team league, Obviously, Dynasty, you want to get young fast uh, and, and be good at the same time, which doesn't always happen. But 
maybe your first round pick could shake one of these guys loose from somebody else that's looking to regroup and just acquire picks. So you have to look at the play either way. That's kind of the art of the deal. It's who you're dealing with. Are they in contention? Are they out of contention? Do you have to give up picks to get these guys? Or do you have to give up a star player that's a win now guy that maybe has two or three good years left? Again, maybe a player like a a Travis Kelsey, who everybody wrote off and is right back to his old, you know, stomping grounds. He legitimately probably only has a couple good seasons left. If that, he's a guy you could move to bring in again some of these younger players, albeit maybe even at the the same position. And you're looking to retool because you already had that. Maybe the the other owner throws in a second or first rounder with the deal, and that's the the beauty of it because sometimes you can be on the backside, but you might have some ability to make that move and and get that owner to make that deal with you because they want to push all in for that season. You unfortunately maybe aren't. Let's get started. Uh, First, I'm going to start with the quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously he is a rookie. He is right now in our current league of record, which is a redraft league. He's available. Uh, He's 35th in our league as far as points. Couple good things that have shown. Obviously, you know it, it hasn't been all great for them. Uh, he does have a win under his belt against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quarterbacks take those losses as a quarterback. You know what? You take the win too. So you did beat Tom Brady. So you got that under your belt. Uh, he has one of the fastest pocket times in the league, getting that ball out at a rate right up there with Brady and all the best Mahomes, all those guys. Some of that is translating to a five percent of his passes are becoming interceptions. So he's getting it out at a high rate. It's just more of that distribution and getting open guys. He is currently, albeit through two and a half or so games, he is currently fourth in the NFL in completion percentage at 68 and a half. And again, those completions count towards his own team, not the interception. So he's showing some of the things that people thought that maybe he has the ability to do as a first round pick and kind of getting thrown in there a little bit. Bailey Zappi uh, from the New England Patriots. Uh, They're actually ready to play tonight. I believe they said Mac Jones is coming back in. But through three games, or two and a half, if you want to call it that, or we had a little bit of fill-in time when Mac Jones went down, 596 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. He's looked pretty good. Uh, And again, he was rated highly coming out of college from a smaller program, uh, broke all kinds of records and everything like that. And obviously, with... Bill Belichick in New England, you can fall out of favor and fall into favor really fast. Uh, That quarterback position for him is one that he knows both sides of the ball, the other team as well as his own. We've seen Tom Brady, you know, (laughs) obviously made a career. He he wally pipped Drew Bledsoe back in the day and and never looked back and obviously has, you know, become what everybody considers the greatest football player of all time. Bailey Zappi, not saying that he's Tom Brady or that he's Mac Jones, but he has some of that ability that you see there. Uh, Mac Jones has been a little bit up and down this season. I think you could get Bailey Zappi if he's not already available, maybe on a waiver wire. But if he's uh, somebody you got to trade for, you could probably get him fairly cheap. Again, that's another guy that you might want to make a move for that, you know, in a year or two, depending if they fall out of favor with Mac Jones and he's just not getting it done. You know, he could be somebody that becomes the starter right off the bat there because he's shown that he can play at a high level so far after a couple of games. And one guy who is another quarterback that I like is he's not in his rookie season, but I'd like to consider it his rookie season because last year was a little bit of a lost year for Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, In our league of record, which is a redraft league, he is owned. He is currently ninth overall. And a lot of people definitely in Dynasty have him out there as a starter. Some people aren't super high on him. They they still feel like, yeah, you know, he hasn't lived up to the hype and it's Jacksonville. 
Uh, that offense is really kind of in its infancy right now. Uh, Doug Peterson and and the gang down there are really kind of bringing them along, trying to help them out as, as far as really getting stronger as a quarterback. Again, last year was was a very tough year. Uh, he has been plagued. His, his wide receivers are fourth in the league in drops uh, overall. So again, you know you got to hold on to the football. <laughs> that that kind of helps. Uh, he's eighth in yards. He's ninth in completions. So he is doing a lot of work. He's really running it out of the pro style right now. Not a lot of RPO, only six plays overall. And I mean, that being said, that offense, you're starting to see Travis Etienne, who I'm going to talk about in a second, uh, starting to take over that backfield. So I think if you get that college connection and the wide receiving core starts to get a little less murky, uh, you know, Christian Kirk was a big signing, but we all know he's not a wide receiver one. They might be a player away from being a legit offense in a year or two, free agent signing monster draft pick we'll see what happens at the same time with that i really feel like trevor lawrence you know in a dynasty sense you know in about four or five years some of these uh veterans are going to shake out he's going to probably be a top five quarterback in the league and again he's going to do it mostly on the passing ability and he can scramble from time to time he's not a he's not a jalen hurts he's not a lamar jackson but if need to he can get out of the pocket uh so i do like trevor lawrence so again if you're looking to pick up a quarterback uh, in the concept of dynasty, in a concept of down the road, not a win now sense, try and go out and get Kenny Pickett, Bailey Zappi, or Trevor Lawrence. I think any one of those guys in a year or two, let alone possibly even by the end of the season for Trevor Lawrence, but in a year or two are really going to become solid household names when it comes to the quarterback. Moving on to running back. I've been high on him from the beginning of the year. I have him in all my leagues, and I he's the one guy I will not part with. So anybody listening, you think you got a shot, you don't. Uh, Damian Pierce of uh, the Houston Texans. Currently in our league of record, he is 11th. Again, we run a redraft league. I have him in all my dynasty leagues. Uh, he's fifth in yards with 504. He ripped off a 75-yarder, 4.8 a carry. Uh, he's averaging 84 yards a game. And if you think he's a one-trick pony, he's not. You know, he does break tackles right now. He's already has 16 broken tackles, which leads the league at the running back position. Pass catching, 17 catches on 19 attempts. So that's a 90% catch rate. Averaging 4.8 yards uh, reception, too. And when you really went back and looked at his college numbers, he's just been that guy. He, he kind of reminds me a little bit of... Uh, obviously a younger, but like a Frank Gore type running back. So he's going to be a guy that you're going to want on your roster. He's on a bad team. Some people might think, eh, you know, it's a little bit hype. Probably a lot of people have him. You're going to have, with the running back position, you're going to have to maybe give up a little bit to get that. But that's where instead of maybe using up a draft pick, if you don't have to, if you're trying to move off uh, to acquire somebody like this as a cornerstone to your franchise, sliding off of that by moving a an older veteran star that somebody wants in a win now sense, they might be willing to, to move Pierce, the problem being if, again, if he's already in that person's starting lineup, a little trickier with Dynasty and all the starting slots with all the flex positions uh, might be a little tougher. So, again, that might be a replacement that you really have to look at of moving off of, again, somebody, maybe somebody's interested in Leonard Fournette for him. Uh, again, you might have to move a pick to get him. But this is a guy I think that's going to go down. Um you know, and be one of those guys for the next 10, 12 years is one of the most consistent running backs, an RB1 uh, in every sense of the word. So I feel like if you can get Damian Pierce, which might be a little tricky, the running back position is different, uh, but I would definitely make the effort to go out and get him. Uh, again, it could be packaged in a deal if somebody's really looking to move up and, and sure up their playoff run and, and things of that nature. If you're one of those owners that's out in front, um, again, you might have to dump some draft picks to pick up a player like this to 
just add into that effect of again having you know a, a monster dominant backfield. So we'll see how it goes, but I definitely think he's one of those guys. Another rookie running back. Uh, again, I was higher on him than Brees Hall, and knock on wood, I, I do feel bad that Brees Hall has to go out with injury. He has been solid, and I am staying away from him because of that injury, because you don't know what's going to happen until he comes back, and that might take a year or two from really getting his footing back down. We've seen Saquon. We've seen McCaffrey with these injuries, and it's taken him a while to get back. So Brees Hall, right now, I'm kind of not big on because I really want to see what happens when he gets back. Uh, but Kenneth Walker, the third. 6.1 yards a carry, four touchdowns already. And that's in two starts, you know, six games overall. Uh, he's already ripped off a 74-yarder, 4.8 yards a carry before contact. So anybody that thought that he doesn't have the burst or he's just a bigger guy, no, uh, he can make some plays out of the backfield as well. I think Kenneth Walker the third, obviously, he was a – he's going to be one of those guys that is just starting to come around. Right now is when you really want to almost try to pick him up. If you can, if you could shake him off of somebody, again, he's going to have to be somebody that's more of a bench piece on somebody's roster, not a true starter. This week uh, had a monster game, and I think people are going to start to take notice and look to put him into that lineup. Maybe right now is where you have to make that move. Again, draft picks, a star player to try to shake him loose, strengthen somebody else at a spot, but but see if you can pry him off of somebody's roster. Finally, again, Travis Etienne, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, did talk about that. Uh, James Robinson started the season as that guy, and you've just slowly seen the uh, the changeover uh, offensively. I think that him and Lawrence obviously are starting to become, you know, focal points. And, and I think with a good coaching staff, you're starting to see things shake out. Again, Etienne, same thing. He's averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Uh, he's averaging 4.3 yards before contact. So for the Liz Frank injury that maybe a lot of people were hesitant about and then very high on him coming out of camp saying he was healthy, Right now, it looks like he is going to be the guy. Again, in our league of record, he's 18th at the running back position and only going to get higher uh, on that level. So, again, running backs, you're going to look to pick up Damian Pierce. You're going to look to pick up Kenneth Walker III. You're going to look to pick up Travis Etienne. And, again, you're going to have to give to get. The running back position is the Cadillac of fantasy football. We know that. So I think some of these guys you have to be willing to – part ways with somebody really good or part ways with some draft picks. But in about three, four years, you're going to be having possibly one of the best backfields in your league. Moving on to wide receivers. Uh, a lot of people have this gentleman on their roster, albeit he may not be a starter yet because there's been a little bit of, you know, murkiness in, in, in certain ways with, with the New Orleans Saints. But Chris Olave uh, of the New Orleans Saints, again, he is six in the league in average depth of target, 16.3. Uh, he's tied for 11th overall in receiving yards, and he's number 18 in our league of record uh, coming into this week. Right now, again, some people may have him pegged in as a starter, possibly not. A lot of people probably drafted, again, even with some of the rookie running backs, but a lot of the rookies get drafted. Uh, some people keep him on taxi squads. Some people just have him deeper on the roster and aren't comfortable starting a rookie yet, almost like a real NFL coach and a team. But I think Alave is possibly able to be bought off of somebody right now uh, that, again, isn't starting him. And it's going to be tough. If somebody's using any of these players as a starter, you're going to have to cough up some serious coins, some draft picks, some star players to get these guys. But again, you want to get guys that are on the downswing of their career, and you almost want to be able to do that 
Indiana Jones move where he had the bag and he had the statue and he's just trying to figure out just enough to make that move, but you don't want that ball trying to roll and chase you down. Uh, I think Alave is really going to develop into one of the best wide receivers in the league within the next couple of years. He's shown a lot of promise. He was arguably the most complete wide receiver coming out of college. Um, I know some people beg to differ. Uh, Drake London right now, he's in a tough situation at Atlanta. Garrett Wilson, uh, so far with the Jets, he's had some ups, he's had some downs, and we talked about the injuries with that team, and it's the Jets, it's tough. But again, with Chris Olave, I think you can't go wrong. Uh, he's a guy that could probably be, again, a cornerstone to your offense if you're able to pick him up. Another guy who's not a rookie, not even close, but right now there's a lot of change going on in the Carolina Panthers. This is a guy you might still be able to buy very low on and get him thrown in. And the reason I'm saying this is because DJ Moore is – not the greatest wide receiver in the league, but is he very consistent? Yes. Obviously, this season taking a long time to come around. You had quarterback issues, the whole team. It's, it's, we've seen what's happened. That the team has imploded and is just looking to rebuild. And, and he's not going to be traded. They said he's part of that team. Every team says that. He has a contract that they can move off of. They can make trades without taking serious cap hits. So he could always move to a brighter future if he so wanted to get out. But, uh, you know, from... 2019, 2020, and 2021, he was 15th, 21st, and 17th as wide receiver. He's consistent. He is a solid wide receiver, too. He is a money flex. On bye weeks, sometimes he can get you some serious stuff. Uh, he's going to give you that 15 to 20 points a game pretty much on average. Uh, again, and you're starting to see him finally get back to uh, some targets. He had a nice game just yesterday against the Tampa Bay Bucks, where he finally was a little bit more involved and. It takes P.J. Walker to be the most competent quarterback on that roster. They said he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But, again, we see Carolina looking to rebuild. They're going to bring in a quarterback. They're going to beef up the offensive line, just what every team does. Their defense isn't too bad. Um, I think that if D.J. Moore is going to be that guy, he's got a good seven, eight years left easily that he's a guy that you definitely want to have on your roster. And I think you can get him pretty cheap right now because nobody – who wants D.J. Moore? Why? Yeah. He's that guy that you pick up right now to just become a piece of your team and maybe down the road, he's somebody else that at the same time, by being that treble, by being that consistent player overall, uh, that again, you could look to flip down the road maybe in a season or two uh, to, to again, acquire an asset. He's the concept of that maybe veteran star that somebody just looks and says, man, if I had that guy, my team would take it over. So I think DJ Moore is a player that you can acquire probably on the cheap. Uh, right now. And again, he's just going to give you some nice balance on your roster uh, for years to come. And finally, wide receiver wise, Romeo Dalbs, uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, the team itself, not looking too good. Aaron Rodgers looks like he may be, uh, you know, a little cooked and, and not used to getting, there's no Devonte Adams to save him. Now he has to really lead the team. And Dalbs has been the leader of that wide receiver core uh, by a hair but he is actually four for four on targeting inside the 15-yard line with two touchdowns. So it shows that they are willing to go to him right now in that spot. And he actually, you know, Christian Watson has not been able to really play. So as far as the rookie wideouts, he's the only game in town. Uh, leads the team in targets. And since week three, he's been in for 92% of the snaps. I know a lot of people liked his college pedigree and felt like he was under the radar. I liked him a lot. I tried to get him in pretty much most of my leagues. I thought Green Bay would be a lot better this season. And again, he's a rookie. He has some drops and and you know has you know some some mo some moments that kind of drive you a little nuts. Maybe I'm sure, as a fan or or again as a fantasy football owner. But 
he is a gentleman that I feel like for uh, uh, years to come has the potential to be a top wide receiver in the league. Obviously, quarterback's going to change in that team in, in a year or two, three. Depends on what, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he could be done by the end of this season. Who knows? That being said, if that does happen, uh, they're not sending him anywhere anytime soon. Um, who knows? Who knows what Green Bay's going to do? Right now, they sit kind of middle of the pack. And, you know, if they were to get a draft pick, again, we don't we don't know what's going to happen. But I feel like Romeo Dowds is definitely going to be a player, um, you know, in the future. He's going to be one of those guys that really gives you solid numbers. I think he's got thousand yard of receiver potential. I think he's got that 60 to 80 receptions a season type of guy, you know, whether or not the touchdowns are there, we'll see. He can make some big plays. And again, he's just a rookie. So, you know, Oh, he hasn't been doing it yet. These are developmental moves for your roster. This isn't a win now type of guy. This is a guy that if you can get him off of somebody on the cheap or as a throw in because of a move that you're making to make them better or, you know, you're looking to just you have a bunch of draft picks and you're looking to acquire somebody and make your roster a little bit younger. Finally, in the tight end position, uh, we did see the Juwan Johnson breakout game. I'd like to say that I called that. Um, but all kidding aside, right now he is kind of really coming into his own as the tight end. Everybody knows Taysom Hill in New Orleans is the tight end of record, but he plays so many different spots. He's at the QB. He's at the running back. They split him out wide. He's just that gadget guy on that team. Juwan Johnson last year had a nice blip on the radar and then disappeared. You're starting to see him end up, uh, you know, really as their starting tight end. He's tied for eighth with red zone targets. He is uh, 14th in total snaps for tight ends. So you're starting to see this usage tick up, tick up, tick up, and you're seeing production happen. He had a nice game against Arizona, albeit a team that does give up some serious points to the tight end position. I think Juwan Johnson has some potential. He is a real big buy low guy. Nobody's going to worry about giving him up if he's not. Again, he could be on waiver wire, depending on how big your leagues are. But Dynasty, somebody probably has him on their roster. He's a guy that you might want to just sit there and, and see what happens. Is he Does he show the potential of being a top 10 tight end? He absolutely does. If the usage comes with it and it looks like it's starting to go up, He's speculative, but he's definitely a guy that you could probably get, again, as a throw-in in a deal or as a guy that would definitely become, um, you know, somebody down the road that could be a, a focal point to your offense uh, as a true tight end, probably, um, but definitely in leagues where you have flex positions at the tight end that you could throw in with bonus points. He's a guy that could, he could win your week. He could drop 25 or 30 points with a big game plus bonuses. So rookie Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. Took a while to get healthy and came right out. And, and as, as odd and up and down as that Denver offense has been, so far in two games, eight catches on 11 targets, 95 yards, a touchdown. He's averaging 12 points in those two games. You know, he was drafted to be that guy. And, and you know, obviously Russell Wilson, the quarterback situation's murky there. But he's a guy right now that if you can get him now, I think you really need to go out and get because he has the potential from what you're seeing in these couple of games – He's got that potential to, to possibly be a Kelsey, a, a Kittle, healthy, a Mark Andrews type of player with that kind of impact. And with the other players around him, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, if, if he doesn't get traded, um, you know, you have some players on that roster that, that can help be complimentary if the quarterback play comes along with it. That's fine. But he's a player that's probably going to stay on that roster for years to come. He He's being drafted to be that guy, whether or not the quarterback changes or not. So Greg Dolchich. Is another player you want to look to add to your roster for the tight end position. And again, he's somebody you'd probably be able to get a little bit cheaper. Last but not least, 
my guy. I dying on this hill all season. And, and again, I know down the road I'll get paid off on Dynasty for this. Jelani Woods hasn't had a ton of usage, but it's we know there's a lot going on in Indianapolis with the quarterback position right now. Uh, on the season, six catches on 10 targets, 77 yards, and three touchdowns. The guy's six foot seven, 253 pounds. His uh, his measurables coming out of college just made people drool over him, but they knew he was a little bit raw. Uh, in the red zone, three catches, three targets, three touchdowns. You can see where this guy has the ability to be the guy if given the opportunity. And I feel like he's a player that, yes, is there going to be some touchdown dependency? Sure. But I think as he starts to get maybe a little more incorporated into the offense and if they look to put him in a position to be that kind of a tight end, uh, he definitely has that potential to me. I think there's no way you can ruin that athletic ability um, and not just you know use him on that level. Again, he's he's still learning football at the tight end position. He had been a quarterback in high school, uh, so we see some of these guys that move around that take a little bit of time and really come into their own. I think you can get them cheap. I don't expect that a lot of people are truly going to hang on to him the way maybe I would. At the same time, I think that Jelani Woods has that potential in a couple of years to really become, again, a top 10 tight end. You know, maybe even of a, a Dawson Knox concept where he's a big target. He gets those first downs, those big catches down the field and the touchdowns. Maybe not dependent on it like he is so far this season to be slightly relevant. But at the same time, I think he rounds out the concept of a tight end that you definitely would be able to pick up for a dynasty concept. Uh, and I think you should try to get him on your roster. Yeah, those are all really great pickups. I uh, I actually like a lot of them for just this season as well. But uh, yeah, definitely can see how these guys moving forward uh, throughout their career could catapult to to the next level and, and be superstars uh, in this league. So I think you did a, a good job there, some sort of outlining some of these potential league winners that you can you can hopefully get now before you know before they become league winners and and not have to pay that premium for them. So. Uh, real quick, I know that we're short on time. We definitely went a little bit long in this, but I do want to give you a couple guys that you can trade away at each position just because you know when you're making trades, you want to balance things out. You want to look at the other team's roster, see what they have, see what they need, and offer them something that's going to entice them. I mean, a trade trades need to be two ways. It can't you're never going to get a trade done if if you're offering somebody, you know, a, a wide receiver and they they already have four, you know, they're, they're already making a decision who to, who to bench each week because they have so many good wide receivers. So you, you got to take a look at their, their roster and, uh, and see what they need as well. So here's a couple of guys that, uh, you can trade away at each position that, uh, you know, you might be able to, to get a deal done with, with some of these guys at a quarterback position. I only have one, uh, for me, it's Geno Smith. Smith's been the surprise of the year so far at quarterback position, but his time as a fantasy darling may be coming to an end. Smith just finished a five-game stretch versus five bottom 12 defenses versus the QB position in fantasy football. He's only got three of those games left against bottom 12 teams, and only one of those games is in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, the Seahawks also run one of the slowest offenses in the league. They only average 58 plays per game, which is uh, fourth worst in the league, and he's also been ultra efficient so far this year 73.5% completion rate that's number 1 in the league amongst amongst players with at least 100 pass attempts the all-time record for the NFL in a season is 74.4 so he's just a uh, 1% not even a uh, full percent behind Drew Brees's pace from 2018 now i'm not saying that 
his good play can't continue. But obviously, you recently had that injury to DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett had been missing a little bit of time at practice with the hamstring. And you've got the emergence of rookie running back Kenneth Walker III, who, you know, now that he's shown what he can do, I think Pete Carroll is likely going to move to a little bit more run heavy offense. Not that Geno throws the ball a ton anyway, but I think if the volume doesn't increase, which I don't expect it to, and the efficiency goes down, which I think it will, uh, given the the defenses that he's going to face moving forward, uh, I think this is a time where if you have Geno Smith and you can move him for something, I think this is the time to do it. Uh, and real quick in the playoffs, he, he gets the 49ers in week 15, which would be the first week of your playoffs. The 49ers held him to just seven fantasy points in week two when they faced him. And he also gets the Jets then in week 17, who have actually become one of the league's better uh, fantasy defenses versus the quarterback position. They actually ranked ninth, giving up just 13.6 fantasy points per game. That's actually tied with San Francisco uh, at that position. So uh, Geno Smith's a guy, if you have him and you can get something for him, I would suggest doing it now. At the running back position, I have quite a few. The first three I'll lump together, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Antonio Gibson, and Damon Harris. If you have any of these guys on your roster, I believe that you should trade them now. They are all in committees. They're all... I mean, aside from CEH, I mean, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's like the main guy, but he's, he, he gets the majority of the carries, but he's in more of a three way split. Same with Gibson. He's, he's got to contend with JD McKissick and now Brian Robinson. And then Damian Harris, you know, just coming back off an of injury potentially tonight. He's he's going to eventually give way to Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson's just more talented, and I think Harris is eventually going to sort of fade into you know just being a guy who gets you know maybe eight or nine carries a game and and takes a backseat to Stevenson. But the guy that I really think you should trade away if you have him is Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Harris, you know him, Kyle Pitts, probably the biggest non-injury disappointments in all of fantasy football this year. I know. Scott, you had him as your number one overall running back this season, but yeah, we're not talking about that. So. <laughs> but the combination of a bad offensive line, shabby quarterback play so far, and a downtick in the number of snaps, carries, and targets that he's getting in this offense have all helped to keep Najee Harris down at the running back twenty-one in PPR scoring. His one hundred rush attempts ranks tenth in the league, but out of all the running backs in the league with at least fifty carries. His 3.3 yards per attempt is behind only Cam Akers uh, in, in the yards per carry. So he's just not being efficient with his touches. He's also way down in the target share this year without Ben, the check down King Roethlisberger under center. He's only got 50, uh, excuse me. He's only got 22 targets so far in seven games. That's a 53 target pace for the entire season. Remember last year he finished with, what he finished with 90 something targets and, uh, some 70, some catches, something like that. Uh, but the tail of two running backs, man. Yeah. 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 And to, to put that number in perspective, that 53 target pace, Austin Eckler in seven weeks already has 53 receptions on the season. And Harris is on pace for just 53 targets for the entire year. So, you know, I'm not really sure what you could get for him at this point, but if there's a wide receiver heavy team out there that is hurting for a running back, you know, maybe you can turn Najee Harris into a guy like, you know, Alan Lazard or maybe even Devontae Smith. Uh, I think that, the, you know, a team who is, is flexing one of those guys might be willing to give you uh, the one of those players for Najee Harris just based off of what Najee did last year 
and uh, you know, sort of the the name value of him at the wide receiver position. A couple guys I'm uh, I'm not interested in holding on to. Michael Pittman. With him, it's mostly the quarterback change, and and you know, Scott, you and I talked about the just the poorly run organization there in Indianapolis. Uh, I just moving forward, I don't really know what you're going to get out of Indianapolis. I, I maybe would hold on to Pittman for maybe a week or two, see how the how Sam Ellinger works out, and you know, if he hyper targets Pittman because he's a number one in that offense, you know, maybe then you hold on to him. But uh, definitely, if you see a downtick in targets, and I, listen, the offense is more than likely going to be worse. I, I mean, I can't see it getting better uh, moving forward. So if you're if you're willing and ready to sell now on Pittman, uh, you can still get a haul at this point for him, I believe. And I, and I think you should go ahead and do that. Another wide receiver, again, you might not be able to get much for him, but Adam Thielen just is not what he has been in previous years. Um, he's, he's only found the end zone twice this year, and that kind of has been his calling card to fantasy production has been touchdowns. They're just not looking for him in the red zone as much as they have been in the past. And, uh, you know, again, I don't like, I don't know what you can get for him, but uh, I would trade him for pretty much anything I could get at this point because I just don't think that he's uh, even a flex-worthy option uh, moving forward, maybe on some of the really heavy bye weeks. But other than that, I, I can't see a, a time where I'd want to put him in my lineup. But the guy that I do think you could get something for that you should trade is Brandon cooks cooks has been Mr. Reliable pretty much for as long as I can remember playing fantasy football, or at least as long as he's been in the league, he's finished inside the top 20 at the wide receiver position, six of his eight years in the league this year. However, he looks, you know, a little bit more mortal. He's currently the wide receiver 48 in PPR on the season. He's on pace for his worst fantasy finish since 2019. That was the year that he was traded from uh, the LA Rams to the Houston Texans. That year, he had only 72 targets at the end of that season. Right now, he's currently on pace for 79 receptions for 796 yards and three touchdowns. That would uh, place him outside of the top 30 for wide receivers last year. Again, this year is obviously a, a different ball game, but you know, based on those numbers, he would be he would be outside of that top 30. The problem, I think, with Cooks this year is that the Texans' defense is improved from last year, allowing the Texans to not have to be in so many obvious passing situations and allowing them to run the ball with that outstanding rookie, Damian Pierce, that you brought up earlier uh, a little bit more often. They've only thrown the ball 207 times this year. That's the ninth, ninth lowest in the league. And they're also making concerted effort to get the ball to their younger players. Uh, Nico Collins has 30 targets so far on the year, only 17 behind cooks last year at the end of the season, cooks had more than doubled Collins in targets who was second on the team, 134 to 61. So, you know, this year looking like a much closer split and uh, you even seen other guys like Chris Moore get involved and um, you know, the tight ends and things like that. So, so cooks is not being hyper-targeted the way that he was in his previous season. So he may still have enough name value though, to get you, a younger player uh, that could that could make a difference for you in the playoffs, uh, especially one of these guys uh, like you were talking about, a guy like Romeo Dobbs, or um, you know maybe even like a Michael Gallup who hasn't done anything yet. I would I would much rather have either of those guys on my team than uh, that Brandon Cooks moving forward. At the tight end position, there's two uh, two guys that I'm looking to get rid of. Uh, Mike Asicki, uh, just he's just not uh, involved in the offense enough. I think when I checked earlier, I didn't I didn't write this down. I don't know why I didn't, but 
Uh, I want to say he had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 24, 22 targets on the year so far. Just not really being involved as as much as, at least in the passing game. He's still getting you know a ton of snaps. A really athletic guy, but just not a part of their passing uh, offense the way that they're going right now. But the guy that I really think you should trade now is Tyler Higby. Higby has been a lifesaver so far. Literally keeping one of my teams afloat in the in the uh, league that I drafted, Kyle Pitts. Um, but despite having 50 targets, which is third in the league, Higby is only the tight end 10 in fantasy points per game. And the Rams' offense have, has struggled this year, uh, to say the least. And part of the reason is their low efficiency in the passing and the running game. They're averaging only 6.3 yards per attempt, per passing attempt in 2022. That's over a full yard less than uh, they were last year when they were at 7.4. And they're also averaging only 3.4 yards per rush, uh, which is 31st in the NFL right now. I think in order for the Rams to turn things around, they need to be a little bit more explosive on offense. And I think Tyler Higby is not the guy that, you know, screams explosiveness. Uh, He's more of a, a, you know, reliable underneath target, which is why he's been getting so many targets because their wide wide receivers have been struggling to get open. They are going to get Van Jefferson back soon, maybe as soon as this week. So he's a great stash if uh, if you want to grab him and put him on your bench now. And they should hopefully be able to get Allen Robinson more involved in the offense. I know he's looked really bad so far this season, but you know as time progresses, Stafford hopefully gets a little bit more comfortable with him. Sean McVay realizing that he's going to need to be a little bit more uh, have a little bit more of a downfield threat in this offense in order to, um, you know, in order to play better, you know, football and win games. This trade away isn't really based on stats as much as it is on my belief that McVeigh will eventually figure it out, and it won't include Tyler Higby nearly as much as it has so far this year. So uh, Higby's a guy if you can get something for him now, I, I think uh, I, I think you're going to see his targets come down as the Rams come off of their bye this week and start to, uh, I think open things up a little bit more in that offense. So those are the trade aways or some guys that I think you can still get value for that, you know, probably are not going to have as good of an end of the season as they have so far at the beginning. And, uh, you know, again, if you can grab some of those guys that I, that I talked about earlier, who do look like they're sort of coming into their own as the, as the season wears on, um, this is the time where good fantasy owners flip those those players because it, for the most part, there's not a ton of guys out there, at least not tradable assets, guys like Cooper Cup, guys like you know Justin Jefferson, running backs like Christian McCaffrey. Like people don't generally trade those players away, you know, w- without getting you know a massive haul back. But some of these trades you can make, the ones that I gave you today, are some guys that I think are, are a little bit sneakier and a little bit more doable without having to completely wreck your roster to get some of those players uh, for your playoff run. So hopefully, you know, you take that, you know, for what it's worth and move forward and and you know make some of these trades and and go out and make some offers. But uh, those are the guys I think have uh, a positive outlook for the rest of the season versus uh, some of the guys who I believe have a negative outlook. So. Uh, we did run a little long tonight, so uh, that is probably going to do it for us for this episode. Scott, do you have anything you want to throw out there before we uh, we head out? 
Go Phils. We're going to win a World <laughs> Series, by the way. But uh, no. Uh, I'm surprised again, it took us this long for you to get the Phils shout out in there, honestly. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to lead with it, you know, as much. <laughs> but uh, definitely, um, no, definitely on that, I'm just kind of joking around. But yeah, no, we're, we're big Phils fans and, you know, we're, we're shooting for that. Obviously, it's fantasy football. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to take down uh, the dreaded. The dreaded Houston Astros and and bring another World Series. The, the evil empire. The yeah, well, you know, they're cheaters. That's that's the <laughs> whole thing. They deserve it. So, well, um, you have to say if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So, that's NASCAR. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, again, I think you know we touched on a lot of stuff. Again, win now, guys. Guys to trade away for. Uh, guys to look at as long-term players that, again, could probably be acquired now before they become superstars. They're definitely, you know, things on the table for everybody here. So, again, I know, like you said, Pat, we did uh, we did run a little bit long tonight. So as far as finishing out, folks, you know, you can always reach us on our website, uh, which is www.thenineroutffb.com. Uh, our email address is the nine route ffb at gmail.com uh you can look us up at at the nine route on twitter and at scott from delco also on twitter uh again if you're interested in any type of uh question comments concerns regarding fantasy football uh we will definitely answer those just don't get too personal you know on that <laughs> level uh all kidding aside you know we, we definitely love to hear from you uh, and just know that you're listening uh, you know with some questions or, or you know again if you have a counterpoint to anything that we talk about please feel free We'd like to thank our friends at Mickey's Portacol Pub. Everybody that is in the uh, Tuckerton <laughs> area, uh, you know, they they tend to uh, gravitate to that spot, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Uh, swing on down again, for instance, tonight, Kidsy Free on Monday nights, and happy hour is always three to six. Tomorrow night is Taco Tuesday. So again, they, they offer plenty of stuff for, for you and the family. Swing down there, watch the Phils win the World Series, watch some NFL games. Tonight you got Monday night, you got Chicago to England. Depending on if you're a fan of one of those teams, you might need a drink, period. So by all <laughs> means, swing by Mickey's and, and support them. They're a friend of the show and we love the guys down there. And that being said, I think that is kind of it, folks, for Pat. I am Scott. We'll talk to you soon with Start Sits. Uh, hopefully, we gave you some knowledge to take you a little deeper in your fantasy league for this season and seasons to come. And that's it, folks. Peace.